BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 151st episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Somewhat, and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr., my man. How are you doing? I am doing great. We got the NFL schedule released yesterday. Got a, a list of victims from our Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, my friend Dave is coming to visit me from the New York uh, tonight. That's going to be fun. Uh, going to watch my first Major League Baseball game this weekend. I'm just, you know, I'm just in an all-around good mood. And, hey, yeah, hey, I, you're going to be in Vegas in two weeks. We're going to see each other, right? I am. Yeah. We are oh, absolutely we are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely we are. Um yeah, we got Vegas in a couple of weeks which is so exciting. Um I actually have a bit of a, a fun story um to uh, share before we start things off. So if um I don't know if anybody who listens to this show um cuz I know we have a few figure collectors that might be listening like AEW figures that like they collect the uh figures or other wrestling uh figures that they like to collect. Um I recently um, came into a little bit of a – I got a paycheck coming a few few weeks ago, and I decided, you know what I want? Um, I decided to go to my local my local Walmart in Meyer to see if uh, 
how trading cards were looking because I heard that like since the pandemic and everything, it's actually easier to find trading cards than before where they were literally you, – you, you couldn't find them on shelves. And I found uh, WWE Prisms, which are like the new WWE training card uh, pack and stuff that's like the new series that basically came out. They do them with baseball cards and football, and they've even got some with uh, – UFC at this point right now. So I grabbed a few of those and um, ended up pulling a green Pulsar Becky Lynch, which was numbered 16 of 25. Now, I'm not much of a collector for trading cards, but I saw this and I was like, this is a very different thing that I am not used to. And I don't list cards on eBay or anything like that. It's not a thing that I've done before, but I was like, you know what? For shits and giggles, because Becky's literally on the box of these cards, I was like, let me list it, see what happens. So I listed it at like three or something in the morning. I was up really late that night. Less than 20 minutes after it was up, somebody got in contact me with me asking for an offer. And the first offer they made was $100. And I was like, what? And eventually I actually um, I um, ended up selling it for 160 after asking for 200 So I sold a trading card for $160 and I was like, what the fuck? I, I just couldn't, I could not believe that those cards were so sought after that someone was willing to spend that much to get it. Um, I shipped it off like a day ago, so that card is off to that person, but like, I came into some extra money from that, so I bought me a couple pair of Jordans, and uh, I got the uh, Jordan 9 Chili Reds, and then I got the new Jordan 6s, uh, I think they're Midnight Navies are what they're called. Those are on my way, on their way tomorrow. I've got the fire, the, chi- the, the chili reds right behind me, actually. So I had a really interesting week, actually. And it was all because of a goddamn green, sparkly Becky Lynch card. Yes, uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, it's it's like playing a scratcher and winning some money. Hopefully you can carry that luck to Vegas. Go go to slot. Right? Yeah, literally. Pool right there, you know. Yeah, I, I told uh, my friend. I'm hoping to at least do solid at blackjack. Yeah, I told my friend, I was like, oh, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to pull the slot machine, win 10 grand, and then immediately buy a ticket to come back for money in the bank. Because I really want to go to money in the bank. It's not in the financial aspects. I know y'all are not used to hearing that to me from me. I get it. But mm-hmm. it's not in my outlook, financial outlook, to make it back to Vegas for uh, money in the bank. But I would really like to be there because I just got a feeling. I feel I feel like a a blonde haired grandson of a plumber might be pulling down that briefcase. I just feel it in my gut. You know what I mean? I I would like to I would like to see that. I think that would be very cool. I I, I and I, I would like to point out to all the people, the trolls that say Cody would be buried by now, that uh, Hell in a Cell uh, poster came out and this is yeah knew it. Uh, uh, this is not a WWE show, so this will be the last I say of it. Hell in a Cell poster came out. There's only one person on it. Uh, one. Un. One person. It ain't the head of the table. It's not the tribal chief. It's not God mode himself. It's that, that aforementioned grandson of a plumber, Cody Rhodes. He's the whole poster. The whole The whole thing. Poster. Yeah, uh, just imagine. If you imagine, that poster will be coming to Floyd's house at some point. Nah, I will be purchasing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very cool. Very cool moment. Uh, I'm sure for Cody fans uh, to see him be the main 
only person on that poster. Is, um, hopefully, like I said, his career in WWE continues to be great. I mean, hey, I told people he's not stupid. I imagine some most mm-hmm. most of this stuff is in writing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like right. You know, you can't you can't leave it up to the whims of the old man. You have to uh, be smart about it. But again, yeah. not a WWE show. Just happy. <laughs> For my happy for my favorite WWE wrestler, absolutely as you should be. But we've got a lot to be talking about with this week's episode of All Things Elite. Of course, we're recording this actually Friday night, so we will have um, up to date Rampage news uh, because we pushed it back a day. So we will have the results not only from Dynamite from this week, but also Rampage. And then we'll give a good little preview of the upcoming Dynamite. Before we get into everything, though, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review. And if you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. But the easiest way to support us is by following us on social media. On Twitter, we are at ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week for AEW is the fact that we have begun both tournaments for the Owen Hart Memorial Cup. Both the men's and the women's tournaments began this week on Dynamite. And we also had another match take place in the tournament on Rampage, which we also got an update as well for one of the first round matches, which we'll get to when we get into Rampage. But this tournament has shown to be uh, a massive thing that will most likely be, it's going to be capping off at uh, Double or Nothing, which I'm very excited for because honestly, I've just, I love the tournaments that AEW puts on. I love wrestling tournaments in general. When they're done and they're really important they and they are treated with importance, um, it's always just fun because you get to see matches that you don't normally get to see. And like, obviously the story is easy to understand. They want to move on in the tournament. They want to win whatever the tournament, uh, final prize is. So I've, I've been enjoying the Owen Hart Memorial cup. I am very excited to see who the hell the two jokers are as my two cats currently just fly all over the place behind, behind me right now. But I think uh, so far since we've, had everyone qualify the 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 field has been really interesting and very cool for both for both tournaments in fact yes uh i love this i've I've compared the owen cup to the new japan cup uh that happens every year i believe like it's like right after uh wrestle kingdom it's like february march they do the new japan cup and the winner gets a world title shot and it just feels like this it has that same energy that this has that same type of New Japan Cup energy. Uh, every match matters. The participants really, really want to win. Uh, you know, I, 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 there's some stuff that New Japan does that I'd like to see AEW do. do. Uh, uh, they did a uh, New Japan does a press conference, and it has like all the people from New Japan Cup, all the people from Best of Super Juniors, uh, and uh, you know the G1, and you know they kind of talk about wanting to win it. So I'd like to see that like done on like YouTube with personality profiles. And then you have, you know, like, you know, you know, you have the experts, you bring an expert uh, and it's, uh, have them break it down as in who they think is going to win and why they think they're going to win. I just like, you know, almost treat it like the March Madness thing. And then I'd like to see like you do the first round. Like I would like to see the whole first round done this week. 
and then the second round done next week, like all at the same time. So at the end on Friday, you can have a breakdown of everything that happened in the first round and look at the matchups going towards the second round. You get what I mean? Just really just build up. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it just, it's very simple to understand. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's very like, simple to understand and very easy to get it built it up. Yeah, and you're just building up each round. You bring in like Medusa, and she's breaking down all the women. So you know, some you know veterans. Bret Hart maybe do it for the men. Medusa do, does it for the women. Break down who they think's gonna win, why, you know that kind of thing. So I mean, I do love the tournament all the time. I just feel like, in a way, they could have made it just like a little bigger. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think no one does a tournament like New Japan at this point. Like they just they do tournaments like on a completely other level. Oh, absolutely. And it's just like, and I'm basically just saying, steal from New Japan. That's what I'm saying in essence. <laughs> it's like steal what New. Uh, you're collaborating. With, you're collaborating with them already. Might as well just steal one of their things that they do really well. Yeah, and you know, and if you wanted to have a couple New Japan, t- now again, the New Japan thing with the Forbidden Door, first time it's happening is in June. Now I'm just saying next year if you want to have a couple new japan people in the actual tournament i'm not talking about like in their qualifying matches like in the tournament i think that i add to it too and i am big on next year being a 16 person tournament i i'd imagine so i mean like we've already had talks with tony khan already saying that like the belts are like in already either made or in progress of being made for the trios belts yeah so like I mean, like, I'm expecting a lot of trios matches, especially with all the groups that we have. I'm expecting a lot in the upcoming months in AEW. Yeah, we're definitely building up a couple trios, big trios matches. I I think, like, a trios match is going to be one of the big main matches at uh, Double or Nothing. So, well, we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, I'm very excited about the Owen Hart Cup. I love how they profiled one of my favorite wrestlers, Dax Harwood. Uh, a lot when it comes to it and how much it means to him. So, yeah. So, let me tell you. I got to give a shout-out to TK. They did a great job. Great job of thinking me, making me think he might win. They did a great yeah, job. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, again, apologies if you hear running around. My cats are going bonkers playing around back behind me. But um, speaking, yeah, speaking of Dax Harwood, though, we'll get right into the dynamite in uh, taking place in the supposed most magical place in the world, Long Island, New York. We opened up with the with the first round qualifier with the first round quarterfinals match between Adam Colbebe and Dax Harwood. Mrs. Uh, Martha Hart was up in the rafters watching the show and watching these matches. And um, yeah, there was so much great reasonable doubt they were giving you of like Dax getting the upset win over Adam Cole and moving forward in this tournament that he cares so so much on but unfortunately um despite that Dax had some damaged ribs during the match and um unfortunately that was not able to uh it was it was an issue it was something that uh Adam Cole would target significantly especially uh with the use of the sharpshooter when Dax got the sharpshooter on, massive pop. When Adam Cole put on the sharpshooter, the heel heat was outstanding. Which again, it's 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 genuinely outstanding, like incredible. The fact that Adam Cole is like beloved, like so beloved. Like not only just from like you know from watching his Twitch streams as Chugs that you know this dude is just one of the nicest guys that uh, AW seems to have on their roster. But not only that, 
like his entrance and his whole like presentation is like wrestling fans love it. But at the same time, he does such good heel shit. He does such good heel shit, despite the fact that he's mega over with the fans. Um, so the use of the sharpshooter and the fact that he won with it was unbelievably great. It's such great heel uh, work by Adam Cole. Um, this match was an awesome start. They did great. Um, and um, yeah, if you need any proof of how much this meant to Dax and how much fans really like took to Dax in this tournament and just in these past few like couple months um after the match was over and after AEW, i believe they were either off the air or in the middle of doing a interview afterwards um they dax got a standing ovation after the match was over um he he responded to it on twitter did doing a little bit of a uh twitter promo and um yeah seeing them give seeing the fans in long island give him a uh, standing ovation after that match was genuinely really cool to see and i'm sure floyd can go into even more detail about this also we now know he has his masturbatory uh uh, uh bret hart socks as he's tweeted that out no, um which no. can mean a, that can mean many things yes no uh he, he does he does uh he does love him some Bret Hart, dude. He has a life-size oh, yeah. of Brent, Bret Hart in his uh, bar area. I'm like, dude, there's nobody, like, no one loves Bret Hart as much as this man does, and I love that. And um, this match was great. It told a great story. Uh, they were pretty even to begin with. Dax might even been a little ahead, but, uh, you know, the whole match turned on when Adam Cole threw Dax under the tur- under the ropes and his uh, ribs hit the turnbuckle. And, you know, even Dax, he had him. He had him. He had him in the sharpshooter. But on the sharpshooter, if you know, wrestling storyline, you got to use your ribs to pull back on it. So he was using his ribs to pull back on it, and he collapsed out of the move, and he lost the move. And then Adam Cole, being the tremendous dick that he is, he's so good at it, puts on the sharpshooter, a.k.a. because, you know, uh, Dax gave... Uh, was giving uh, Cole crap because he said his hero was Shawn Michaels. And he's like, your heroes are questionable. And what did he do? He gave him the Montreal, like a Montreal finish when Shawn put Brett in the sharpshooter. But this time, Dax, because of the very injured ribs, had to, unfortunately, he got to the ropes, he got pulled out, and he had to tap out. And, you know, it is funny. He had a great promo earlier in the week, just a fucking, just an internet promo. It wasn't even like an AEW promo where he says uh, it was about uh, going to failure but not failing. And he said, if I happen to fail in this match, I'm going to go to failure, but I'm not failing. He went to failure. He went to, he absolutely couldn't take it anymore. So that told the story of the match. Uh, Long Island, if you, I, I mean, I am trying, I am trying, I am the worst at it. I suck at social media, but I am trying to tweet more from the All Things Elite account. Uh, so I, I did try to tweet it, and I added Long Island to my bucket list of uh, shows that I had to see AEW and Long Island with all the Long Island people there. They just seem to be this hot crowd, and of course, MJF is there, and we'll talk about that later. So uh, because of this respect, shown to my boy Dax Harwood, L.I. has jumped way higher on my list of places. It is definitely on my wrestling bucket list. And and by saying that, you know, people say wrestling bucket list, and they're like, well, one day. No, not one day. The, in 2023, in 20, the show in 2023, when AEW's in Long Island, your boy Floyd will be on Long Island. 
seeing that show because uh, they are they have they have a killer fan base. I I just think it's electric. I think AEW has some places that the crowds seem to be extra great. And Long Island's one of them. Dallas is one of them. Uh, Chicago, any place, anywhere in the Chicago area is one of them. I'm hoping to add Detroit to it next uh, month. But they just have this, they have these areas that are just seemed extra lit for their shows. And Long Island is definitely one of them. So, and I just love how much CM Punk hates Long Island. That's amazing. So, yeah, that's a great match. Did what he had to did what he needed to do. I said last week that it wouldn't make sense for Dax Harwood to win, and I stand by that. I understand for the moment, for the emotion, all that. And if Dax Harwood had drew anyone else in the other seven, uh, anyone else in that first round of the tournament, I would have believed that he would win. But he literally pulled he literally pulled one of the most pushed single superstars in AEW. I just didn't think it was gonna happen. And unfortunately, unfortunately I was right. I didn't if there's ever been a time that I wanted to be wrong, this was the time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And no, Long Island is one of those cities. Again, like after the 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 match where they gave Dax a standing ovation, I still think that was just really, really cool. Um however this crowd, despite the fact that they're the MJF crowd, can't even boo CM Punk properly. They just can't do it, which will move us into the next match. CM Punk versus the meat man himself, John Silver of the Dark Order, with Hangman Adam Page on commentary of this match. Uh, Punk comes out with an Islanders jersey of T- John Tavares, who uh, is not an island Islander anymore, and um, Islander fans don't seem to don't like John Tavares that much anymore. I can't I can't put my finger on as to why that is. Um, if you're a hockey fan, I'm sure you're very much uh, aware of it, but I won't go into detail. There's a bit too much backstory on that, I feel. But, but um, he cut off cult of personality as well, said it's clobbering time, and then walked to the ring without cult of personality, which was great. Um, again, they couldn't even necessarily boo him right because he got a massive pop when he came out and like they were booing him, but like they weren't booing him. Like I I know what booing somebody like heavily is, and that wasn't it. So um Punk, uh though John Silver did get a great reaction, which was awesome. It was great to see. Um John Silver got a ton of really cool offense in here and seeing how he works so fast and he works so quick against uh punk and it was just it was really 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 good but despite that punk while looking at uh hangman off at commentary at one point wins the match with the buckshot lariat on john silver furious hangman comes running down to the ring and punk's response was are you mad like are you mad like listen I don't know why these people don't like me, but when it comes to you and when it comes to them and that title, it's not personal. It's just business because it seems like you were taking it a little bit personal. Um, and he wakes up, he used to wake up every morning and ask himself in the mirror, are you a good guy? This morning he woke up and asked, are you the champ? And my answer was yes. And he said that after Double or Nothing, he wasn't going to shake his hand. Uh, Hangman was going to embarrass him. And he said, at Double or Nothing, you will shake my hand whether you're conscious or unconscious. And he just stuck his hand back out. And Hangman flips him off and runs off. 
like a fucking cowboy coward as he is. Oh, you can't go on ass, the mic with CM Punk. Oh, punk ass page, which is what I'll call him from now on. Uh because punk's gonna get in that ass uh at double or nothing and hangman's also a punk ass uh yeah so this match was really good john silver gave uh cm punk a way better match than hangman ever will uh shout out to (laughs) pepsi the official drink of all things elite um he spilled my diet soda (laughs) yes uh shout out to pepsi uh so yeah um yeah it, when I looked at this match, I thought it was really good. CM Punk, he did it on purpose. He wore Islanders jersey. They thought he was. Uh, he thought they was. He thought they were giving like an olive branch. He thought he was saying it, and then they realized what, uh, uh, what Islanders jersey it was, and that was just like a big old middle finger. It'd be like basically going to Detroit with a Matt Stafford jersey on. Um. Yeah, I don't think so. Honestly, Detroit fans would still be like, "Yeah, Stafford," because Detroit fans will cling on to what bit of success that we can get. Because at this point, we don't have a lot. Like, oh, look at the oh, Tigers. For excuse a, me, right. in the height of Cleveland, it would have been like rolling in there with a LeBron James jersey on when after he. Had, oh yeah, after he went to Miami, yes. it would have literally been like that. Yeah, that's what it would have been. Uh, or going into Boston with a Kyrie Irving jersey. A- absolutely. See, there you go. You get it. And that's the whole yeah. thing. All they saw was the front of the jersey at front first. And they were like, oh, okay, he likes us. Then they saw the back of the jersey. That's why he got the initial pop. It's <laughs> because they saw the front of the jersey. Hey, our guy. But even though they, like, that, that was the whole idea, though, is that they were like, they booed him last time he was there. Well, booed him. But, like, they couldn't even do that right. Like, yeah. again, no, like no, Chicago no. was way louder. No, no, Long Island. Love it. Love it. I'm just... I just pray for that time where it's CM Punk versus MJF in Long Island for the AEW title. God, that would just be that'd just be great. They're talking about alter, alternate cities. Uh, Tony Khan did something today. I was going to talk about the end of the show. Might as well talk about now about maybe doing an alternate <coughs> alternate city for All Out. I would throw a vote in there for Long Island. I'm sure that would be one that could um, that could be up there. I'm sure. Um, no, they've I'm gone there like, at least twice now. So. I'm just like how hot they are. It's just a very hot crowd, and that's what you want for All Out. It's a very and it's hot. a good sized arena too. The UBS arena. It's a yeah. good sized arena too. Yeah, it's a good sized arena, and you know they had a lot of people there. So, and uh, we found out in uh, this neither here nor there, but on on the Long Island, AEW outsells the other wrestling company like by a lot. Same arena or whatever. It's just like shows around the same type, like Raw versus Dynamite or pay-per-view versus pay-per-view or whatever. They outsell them, and that's just kind of crazy being as young as the company that they are. But uh, you saw it in the show. There's a magic. There's an energy to Long Island, and I'm not just sitting here trying to put Long Island over, but I was just like, dude, I'm watching this show, and I was like, okay, I have to go see a show there. But yeah, yeah. Punk did no. his business. The yeah. buckshot lariat was perfect. The the him, I, I, you know, the condescending. Uh, Punk's really good at being the condescending dick. Like, why are you mad? Well, of course, I'm coming. You know, coming to take your title. Why are you mad? But uh, yeah, I just took out your boy. Yeah, but <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, millennial. The millennial man's about to beat up the cowboy in a few weeks in Dallas. I mean, in uh, Las Vegas. 
And uh, next time, you know, you know, yeah, maybe we can find a spot on dark for Hangman. Yeah, I'm sure we could find at least one. I mean, it's going to be a bit of a bit of a rough stretch, but we can find something. But moving on, we had the AEW in-ring debut of very nice, very evil Danhausen against the premier athlete Tony Nese. Fans were so rag, uh, like hoping and ready to see Danhausen, and immediately uh, Danhausen tries to curse Tony Nese. He gets hit with a running knee, and he gets pinned in like twenty five seconds. Again, uh, and Danhausen is zero and one in AEW, and Smart Mark Sterling's like, "Are you shocked? I'm not." Yeah, Tony, this guy got an entrance, and you didn't. Dude, let me tell you about victory laps for your old boy Floyd when everybody was going crazy about Danhausen. Being signed and they're like, oh my god, and like he's a comedy act that never wins. There, I mean, did this not show you? <laughs> like, uh, this is exactly what I said he was. This is exactly what I said he was. I saw him on ROH for a year, and the whole gimmick was that he had win a year without winning a match. This dude is funny. Yeah. He's on Double or Nothing in the pre-show. You know, it's not like. Yeah, he, he has. It's not the like spot. that they're gonna push him to like, like the main title spot again. It's a, mm-hmm. it's another. They gave Orange Cassidy a lot of a push, and I think yeah. people were thinking they were he was gonna get a push to the level of Orange Cassidy, where he was wrestling Chris Jericho yeah, and stuff no, like that no. and winning. Yeah, and I stole, and I'm not stealing this point from Joe Lanza uh, from Voice of Wrestling. I do agree with it, and I was saying something similar. But look at Tony Nice. That dude had been in matches before, and no one cared. It was like, I'm not yes. saying he didn't have any fans. It was just like, they were like, oh, you're a good wrestler, and they didn't care. In 20 seconds, Tony Heaknees is now over as a heel. You know, oh, yeah. And fans, also, again, having, he, having, Mark, having Mark Sterling helps as well. He's in Long Island, and he's getting booed. He's on, on, it's his hometown, and he's getting booed. Why? Because he beat up Danhausen, and that's not allowed. And then Hook, after Danhausen's getting attacked Ooh. after the match. Oh, my God, this dude. I mean, good Lord. And they're doing it right. They are doing a simmer. He's not just, you know, running through the whole company. And this is just... I, I just the, what they're doing with Hook is perfect right now because Hook uh, has had such great production behind him and great protection and just the way that they've handled him has been outstanding. I have been in awe with how good this dude has looked. Like considering the fact that we saw him on TV for like almost a year, where like the only match he had was the freaking cinematic match with Darby Allen and Sting. And like that was the only yes. match that we saw Hook even do anything in. And see, at that Hook point, got him over with two words: "Send Hook." As he does. I'm just saying, you don't talk about it. It was like everybody kind of wanted to see Hook. Then Punk's like, "I don't care, send Hook." That sign showed up the next week. Send Hook, send Hook, and it was. It's become this phenomenon. He's hot. And I love it. And now he's on the pay-per-view. And the team, everybody's dream team, Hookhausen, rides again. 
Yes, as Danhausen extended his hand once again to uh, Hook, and this time Hook accepts the handshake, and Hookhausen will be in the buy-in taking on Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling, who will be in ring, and they will be on the buy-in for double or nothing. Uh, yay. Love the <laughs> I'm just so I, – I, I am just so excited to see that Hook entrance live, like, again – just when I hear Action Bronson going on in the crowd, like I'm gonna be going fucking nuts. Love that Dan Housen. I'm just like this is it's gonna. I just I just love his character. I love what he does. I watched the Ethan Page toy hunts, and he's funny on there. This dude is just really good. So I I really do, and I love what he does. And if you're looking at AEW. You are seeing there is a more defined level of where everyone is. And this show yes. showed you where everyone is. You know, like CM Punk, there's the CM Punk uh, hangman, Adam Page level, like the heavily pushed stars, then Dan Helsing, and then you got like Hook and kind of is, is coming up. Warlow's a little ahead of him, but they, they're both like over. But you know what? They don't have to, they don't have to beat everybody. So I, I am. Really, I really enjoy this show because it kind of just, it would have been a great show to watch, show a first-time watcher of AEW. It really would. Um, but we got to get into the next segment, which I know, Floyd, your tweet on this from the uh, All Things Elite account, it blew up a bit. Uh, you uh, tweeted big praise on the contract signing between MJF and Wardlow. And uh, Wardlow, of course, comes out in handcuffs with tons of, uh, security and a literal titantron that just says boo Wardlow as he's getting a great reaction from the Long Island crowd and then we had MJF getting a dark side of the ring vignette and I'll let you go ahead and go over this yes so I have been an open hater dark side of the ring but oh god the production on this was amazing uh, Jericho, it comes off as a dark side of the ring and Jericho starts talking to cover the fact that Jericho still hates MJF. He's like, this is for MJF. I'm not doing this for that jerk or whatever he said. He's like, how much is he paying me? Sure. I'll do it because <laughs> Jericho is a sports entertainer. So he does it all for the money, of course. So he goes on to talk about the match with, uh, MJF. And CM Punk, where uh, Wardlow basically turned on MJF and and talked about calling him a pig. And then they brought in, I, I don't remember this, who all they brought in, but they brought in people. Taz was one of them, right? Uh, yeah, Taz was one. Yeah. yeah, he walked out of the interview. Yes, and they all came in, and they were basically just burying Wardlow, saying how ungrateful of a person for all the MJF done for him. But they did it in perfect, like dark side of the ring production. It they it, it wasn't tongue in cheek. It wasn't everybody giggling. Everybody was talking like this was a real episode of Dark Side of the Ring, and that made it so much funnier, dude. I. I I was in stitches. This I think, I think, three years I've watched every show was probably the greatest produced Romo segment in Dynamite history. I just I don't think anything touches it. 
the darks uh the, the dark order stuff was really good uh the build up to uh hangman winning the title was really good uh Kenny Omega stuff was good but this was like the funniest thing ever because that was outstanding it was it was perfect oh my god i'm like yes and it did and i was like i was like i wasn't expecting to get all the likes that i did on it and it uh it blew up a little bit and and i was like dude cool you know i was like cool and this is why i really i, I mean honestly that's why i want to post more because i want to uh you know just get the the show out there a bit more and let other people know we exist but yeah, it was just, it was so done. I was just laughing the whole time. I actually had to pause at the segment so I could actually watch the segment because I was laughing and I was missing the actual segment that was going on, which, of course, Wardlow's in the ring, uh, gets brought in, handcuffed, and MJF playing up to Long Island like no one's business. I mean, he even says... Yeah. He's like, people up in the cheap seats, I want to hear you. You're poor, but I still love you. <laughs> I was like, that's yep. great. I'm gonna start Such saying, a great line. I'm poor, but you're poor, but I still love you. Uh, it was, oh, my God. I Long Island's going to sell out from now on just because of the energy that they put into these shows. The detail, oh, my God. And then, of course, he sets out the uh, the terms forward low to wrestle him uh which has become a theme for mjf but most importantly all the all the things were where cody had to go through what what and he literally name dropped the fact that this is the same thing that he made cody go through yes so and it's funny because wardlow was on mj's side mjf's side when he was putting cody through this so it really does go full circle well now Wardlow's on the other side. Like everybody's been screaming, everything he's done to everybody else that he can do to you, he's actually doing it to Wardlow. He has to take the one, no, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, but Mr. Spears. And Mr. Spears shakes it up and goes, 10. And everyone. Oh, he was so happy to oblige for that. Yeah, everyone in the whole stadium yells 10. Uh, Sean Spears filling over, and he's going to get 10 lashes from that. And then after he survives the 10 lashes, the next week, which will be live on the third anniversary of Double or Nothing from Las Vegas at Mandalay Bay, it will be Wardlow versus Sean Spears in a steel cage. Yeah. So how about that? First of all, I I honestly really dig the fact that they made this a double or nothing match because you would have thought that like the MJF and Wardlow match would be the double or nothing match. But we're going to get Wardlow and Sean Spears in a cage on double or nothing, no, which I no, think no. A is a great No, no, it's going to be on Dynamite, and then he's going to have to wrestle. Oh, it is going to be on Dynamite. Okay. On Dynamite. On Dynamite. It's the third That's anniversary. Okay. I must have been confused. No, I must have been confused was, when he said it. Because I said it was the third anniversary of Double or Nothing. So he's going to wrestle. Yeah. He's going to, Warlow's going to wrestle Spears on Dynamite, I believe. And then if he wins, it'll be MJF versus Warlow at Double or Nothing. Which is. Perfect. Okay, gotcha. Cody, okay. full, full on Cody treatment. And I love it. 
and it's amazing. There was a lot of subtle shout-outs to Cody. This was a more blatant shout-out. There was another subtle shout-out. But MJF is perfect. Uh, this seems like the perfect idea. There's been reports that MJF is not happy with his contract with AEW and might be looking to sign with WWE into 2024. My whole thing is, first of all, I will say this. MJF's not stupid. And right. WWE comes with an offer into 2024 and AEW beats it. He's going to sign with AEW. Well, yeah, he's already said where he'll go where the money goes. Exactly. So, like, he doesn't I just, care. Yeah, I just, he has, like, he's, f- this, this dickhead has no loyalty. Yeah. Loyalty is not a thing that this man knows. Yeah. And so this is 18 months away. So I like, I don't even, like, I'm mentioning it on the show because it's all things elite and you got to go where the news. And of course, and of course yeah. he mentioned it in the promo about yeah. 2024. But it's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter because... You know, and, and and of course, he might not be happy with his contract, which is a thing, of course. But I think this is the, the fair thing when you deal with Tony Khan. Well, if he doesn't want you anymore, he'll keep you under contract and he'll he'll uh, honor your contract. Right. The other part of it is he yes. expects the other people to honor their contract, too. No, there's no race. That's how that goes. Yeah, it's <laughs> no, a there's no race. You signed for this much for this long. You'll work. For this much for this long and towards the end of the deal we'll negotiate your contract and you know you we might come to terms we might not it's just the way it is i'm not i'm not saying it's right i'm not saying it's wrong i'm saying it's something that a lot of people aren't now it's fair yeah I'm i mean again it's just, it's just yeah. how business it's just yeah. how business works yeah. both sides are gonna honor the contract it's fair so, <clears throat> yeah, I think Warlow should go for, I mean, uh, MJF should go for the bag. I feel like he should take everybody to the cleaners because I was pointing out today, I love the four pillars. I love the four pillars of AEW, how they all are positioned, written, and all that stuff. All of them uh, were on this week's programming in one way or another. But the idea is, I think, if you look at the four pillars as free agents right now, the one that WWE is backing up to bring Struck for is MJF. I don't. Oh, th- uh, oh, absolutely. I don't think the other three. I think they would pay the other three, but they don't fit exactly what they're looking for. MJF is a sports entertainer. Uh, MJF is the Miz on steroids. You know what I mean? He's so good, right? At it. And I think they back up the Blink Struck for to him. So he's going to be in an advantage. To negotiate, and I think, you know, he should take advantage of that. And, you know, I, I mean, I love AEW. And I, I want him to finish his very long career there. But, you know, you got to do what's best for you. Get the bag. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. And, of course, this this uh, segment ended with Wardlow signing the contract, flipping the table after he got out of his uh, handcuffs because MJF was stupid and was like, let him out of the handcuffs to sign the contract. And uh, he flipped the table, demolished the security. Uh, Spears tried to stop him with a steel chair. That didn't go well at all. MJF tried to run away, and Wardlow ended up having him in his grasp until Mark Sterling jumped on Wardlow's back, and MJF could get away. But then Wardlow got power. Wardlow powerbombed Mark Sterling through the through the uh, table, and uh, they were just running away. So. Yeah, uh, this is a really, really great segment, honestly, um, and I am very excited for um, MJF and Wardlow at Double or Nothing 
apologies for my confusion because I when Floyd said um, uh, on the third anniversary of Double or Nothing, I was like, oh, they put the steel cage match on on, on Double or Nothing. I must have missed that. But no. So I am excited for both matches, though. I am very excited for that. But we'll move over now to the FTW, FTW title match between the champion Ricky Starks and AEW World Tag Team Champion Jungle Boy. Now, this match was very, very good. Um, actually, what ends up happening, um, the match itself, like them working together, these two guys are great. Um, there's a bit of a a bit of a issue I might have had a bit with the uh, the closing moments of this match. Um, I like the finish of how like Ricky Starks, who has had issues with Swerve Strickland, who came down here. Um, Starks was going to use the FTW Championship. Swerve Strickland came down and pulled it away from him, and uh, Ricky uh, was uh, uh, not was upset about that. And the referee was get, trying to deal with Swerve on the outside, but because of that. Ricky was still able to get advantage on Jungle Boy hitting Rochambeau while he was looking away at the distraction from Swerve, and Starks retained the FTW Championship. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus came down, and he uh, proceeded to shoulder check, like shoulder block, pretty much uh, Swerve walking down, and then they were yelling at each other. Uh, Christian, Luchasaurus, and Swerve, and all them. Keith Lee comes out, gets by Swerve's sides, and there's a standoff between the two as uh, Ricky Starks and. Uh, and uh, the powerhouse Hobbs are walking to the side, and then Jungle Boy is kind of just looking off and just like distraught. And um, Christian kind of walks up behind him for a slight period, offers support. Looks like he there was almost an idea that like Christian was going to be like so fed up with uh, Luchasaur. I mean Jungle Boy's slight little slump in singles competition that he was going to possibly like knock some sense into him. Wasn't the case. Uh, there was also a bit of uh, technical difficulties with the music because Keith Lee's music got cut off like just randomly, and they tried to bring it back and didn't work. Um, it was a little bit of an awkward like kind of finish because there was just a bit of a lot of staring at each other. Like at one point, um, I do like uh, the I, like Jungle Boy just looking off, just really not in the right mindset. And then there was like the little slight possible tease of a Christian heel turn um, from what I saw at least. Um, I think the ending of that segment could of that match could have been done a lot better. It wasn't bad, but I did see a bit of awkwardness in it that I couldn't help but point out. Oh, absolutely! It, it came off super, super, super awkward, like all the way awkward. Uh, it, it came off stupid face, you know, stupid faces. You know what I mean? It was clear that he was trying to help you, and he accidentally distracted the referee. He's literally telling the referee to turn around, and the referee's ignoring him. And it's just like, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. But I mean, again, I get, I get it, I get it. I, like Christian, seemingly, like I said, there, there's been maybe some slight hints that he might be uh, departing from Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and possibly turning heel, which I'm kind of honestly for because Christian's a really good heel. But uh, yeah, that's that's at least yeah. the reason as to why I thought yeah, that. Like, I, 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 no, I can. He was kind of being a dick. I can hear the promo in my head. I've taken a back seat from you, mentored you, and you keep losing. <laughs> you know that kind yeah. of thing, and it's just like, no, I can definitely see it coming. Uh, especially whenever they do lose the tag team belts, because this seems like it was building up to a triple threat tag team match somehow. So um, w- I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, great. I-, I thought this was, even though kind of clunky, great segment. I don't kind of know where the tag team titles are going, and I'm looking forward to where they're going. Yeah, 
We then move over to the Jericho Appreciation Society Society victory speech. Um, and they had a podium. Angelo Parker comes out and says, AEW Galaxy, welcome to our victory speech. And then uh, Matt Menard, a.k.a. Uh, Daddy Magic, comes out and just talks about, you know what really gets me turned on or what really turns me on? I'm just like, like stop. Shut the fuck up. Stop that right now. Everyone was just like, we really don't want to know what the fuck that is. And he's like, I get to stand here and be a part of the greatest faction in the world, the JAS. And then Jericho uh, talked about the uh, hometown heroes in Long Island. He's like, I'm one of those because I was uh, actually born on the road here. But I moved away pretty damn quickly because this place is a dump. He's like, it's you guys know it sucks. And if you got a problem with that, I'll throw a fireball in your face because I'm a wizard. Like... Him, that line coming out of Chris Jericho's mouth is so stupid that I love it. Like, it's so stupid. Like, him just being like, because I'm a wizard. Like, such a dumb line, but I just can't help but, like, it's so dumb that I'm just like, you know what? Sure, call yourself a fucking wizard. At, at this point, I don't know what the hell else you could call yourself. You're just going to run down the alphabet of just everything that you can call yourself. Um, they talked about how they beat up and systematically eliminated Santana and Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. They're like, stay at home, especially Eddie, because I burned your face. And then like, hey, besides, you need to be home and take care of your wife and uh, make sure she's feeling better. And if she doesn't, just have her give me a call. And John Moxley's music plays, walking through the crowd, standing up for his friend Eddie Kingston. And uh, Jericho was like, there's one of you and five of us. Get out of here. Brian Danielson's music hits, and he comes out with Wheeler Yuta and william regal and he's like still four on four on five and then all of a sudden eddie kingston santana ortiz get in the ring now the jas is outnumbered by the black bull combat club and eddie santana and ortiz and eddie just fucking goes right after chris jericho and is just like choking him on the mat and uh they all are beaten up on each other and then jericho rolls out in the ring and gets fucking knocked by william regal which was yes Lord Regal himself gets a good shot on Chris Jericho, and the JAS retweet, retreats. And um, I'm very excited to see what comes out of this because this is just there's so many good wrestlers and good talent in this just group, just massive thing. And um, I just want to see what the fuck happens. But like, even though I'm not a massive fan of the JAS as a group necessarily, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I just think it's it's another thing to keep Jericho doing stuff on TV. Um, and the whole going after sports entertainment thing is funny. Uh, I. I love Eddie. I love Santana Ortiz. The Blackpool Combat Club is fucking great. So, like, I just love all these baby faces and, like, Jericho Solid. And, like, I just want to see what the fuck these guys do. So, I thought this was a pretty dang good segment. This was a really good segment. I uh, definitely, I dug everything about it. Um, uh, I kept wondering who the two people uh, a, uh, they were going to bring in to help. Uh, Santana Ortiz and uh, Kingston and then every guess was not as good as what it was they brought out the Blackpool Combat Club uh, probably my favorite faction going on right now it was kind of amazing and I just like AEW does it again that's all I can say and William Regal even got physical which I didn't think we'd see Yes, and it's yeah it was perfect it was perfect I, I mean like perfect I, I I have no notes. All right. Well, we'll move over now to the 
Owen Hart women's tournament that took place, the the quarterfinals match that took place uh, in this show. Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. These two girls beat the hell out of each other. I mean, like, this was one of the more physical uh, singles matches that we've seen the girls do. Um, I really like Tony Storm, and I think that she's going to continue to get better and better and get more uh, established with the AEW fans. Um, I know she's not necessarily there yet because, I mean, like, let's be fair with ourselves. Like, not a ton of people watched NXT UK. But, like, I think Tony's going to be really, really good. Um, Jamie Hayter, honestly, is getting a good reaction from the crowd as well, too. So I think she's going to be another person who becomes a pretty good stable in the women's division. Um, but these two girls did a really good match. Um, the Storm Zero was a little bit rushed, I felt like. Uh, her finisher was kind of rushed and, like, didn't get the full impact I felt like you could have gotten. They were moving really fast and really physical. But the Storm Zero wasn't hit as as perfectly as it could have been. Um, that's a bit of a nitpick, but like the match itself was good. Honestly, I like these two, um, and I think Tony moving on is is the right move. And um, I'm I'm interested to see uh, what the uh, match ends up playing out because I'm pretty sure we're gonna get Tony versus Britt because even though I know the Joker is uh, gonna be a, is a bit gonna be whatever the surprise they decide to do with um, Tony versus Britt, I think will be a really good match. Absolutely, completely agree with that. Uh, yeah, this match was a solid match. Really solid singles wrestling match. Might not have been as clean as in different parts. Uh, especially the finish. I would like that to go over a little bit more smooth. But I've always been a fan of the Storm Zero as a finisher. And it ended well. So it was a good match. Yeah. Well, let's move in now to the crazy-ass main event. The Own Heart men's quarterfinal match. The second one of the day. And the main event was Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy. The past and legend of the I'm going to throw myself off of the highest shit possible versus the present of the I'm going to throw myself off the highest shit possible. And this match, in the middle of the show, they showed a promo and a video package building up to this match. Um, Darby was just like, bro, the people want to see it and they know what what they want from us. Let's just make this um, no holds bar, anything goes. Like, let's just do what he does. Like, you said it yourself, we're more stuntmen than we are wrestlers, so let's just go ahead and give the people what they want. And it's an anything goes match. And like these two, oh my god! Like we literally had the ladder set up in the middle of the ring, and Jeff Hardy sat on top of like six chairs. Like she's he's just laid across this like almost table of chairs, and Darby jumps off, swanton's off of it, and lands on Jeff. Fucking. Ow! Like, what a fucking spot. Um, Darby then tried to do a coffin drop later onto the uh, apron. He missed and lands. Like, it fucking hurts every time I see him do it. Um, Jeff Hardy then tried to do a swanton bomb off the turnbuckle onto the ring steps. He missed and would crash and burn on that. And eventually, though, Darby would hit the uh, coffin drop um, where the ladder was in the middle of the ring. But he got countered by as Jeff Hardy rolls him up. And has him almost pinned under the ladder almost. And Jeff Hardy gets the win over Darby. So Jeff Hardy gets I not not necessarily the upset, I would feel like, because again, Jeff is more established at doing these types of matches. But Jeff Hardy beats the established AEW guy, which honestly I don't think even matters because again, Darby loves Jeff Hardy from what we've seen already. And I think they're just protecting Darby to do whatever the hell it is that he does. Um 
building up towards uh, Double or Nothing. They stole, but, like, they stole Jeff the Cody finish. They stole the Cody finish. <laughs> Darby versus Cody. Match two. They stole the fucking Cody finish. Yeah, borrowed. No, they stole it. They stole it. <laughs> they stole Cody's finish. I was I was disturbed. I was upset. I threw a piece Furious. of paper. I threw a piece of paper across. I got on the internet and I started typing a mean <laughs> message and I deleted it because I know no one cares. But they stole Legit. Cody's finish. But no, it was a, it was a it was everything to match you thought it would be. I would love this match with a little heat behind it. I would love it. Yeah, I honestly, Darby yeah. And, but no, who would play the heel? I'm like one of the most over faces of Literally. all time, Jeff Hardy versus one of the most over faces of all time, Darby Allen. It's just I don't know how it would work. But I would love a little heat behind this match. We just knew this was a match that we didn't think we would ever see. And then we're just like, we're going to enjoy. When Darby set up the tear chairs, did the dive from the top, and uh, Jeff Hardy, quote unquote, caught him. Because <laughs> he literally just kind of got in the way. I wouldn't call it a catch. And it was just like, they hate their bodies. They hate their bodies, dude. Like I will like no, yeah. I will never complain about pain. I will just suck it up because I'll remember that Darby Allen did this and he doesn't do drugs. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's he doesn't do drugs. He's just gonna live with the pain. And I'm just like, Yeah, yeah. That's a thing that a man that's a choice. I I, I, I it fully is. I fully am behind his choice, but damn. Damn. Very much, damn. But that was AEW Dynamite. What a fucking way to close off the show, though, I will say. And uh, Undisputed Elite also had to stare down with the Hardys after the match was over. I will point that out as well. But now, we'll move over now after we talked about Dynamite to AEW Rampage taking place on May 13th. Um, And this was on early because of uh, playoff hockey, I believe. And uh, I will uh, throw it to Floyd because I have not watch the show yet so floyd if you're if you may i will comment on the ending thing because i have seen what happened to close the show and i do have a comment on it but i will let you go through the the rampage for right now because like i said i have yet to see it because i was at work yeah it's gonna be a very quick run through death triangle versus butcher and blade and mark quinn death triangle wins after an exciting about 10 minute match where they did all the stuff (laughs) they did like all the stuff. Uh, the, the end of the match came with uh, Penta and Ray did the combination uh, package pile driver, and then the Black Arrow from uh, Black Arrow from Pack to get the pin. After the match, the lights go out and they come on, and here is uh, here is the House of Black. They kind of stare them down, and it looks like they're about to get it on, and then the lights go off, and then the House of Black are gone playing mind games with the Death Triangle. They still haven't announced a match for when this three-on-three match is going to happen, but it is going to happen soon, I imagine. The next match, Sean Spears versus Bear Boulder. Honestly, uh, very much squash match, Sean Spears. Bear Boulder gets on the ropes. Sean Spears uh, supports him, hits his Death Valley driver, uh, then uh, beats him with a chair afterwards. Very, you know, like quick. Uh, we then we get Mark Sterling and Tony Nese in a backstage interview. 
Uh, they're told that uh, Mark Sterling and Tony Nese have to wrestle Dan Housen and um, Dan Housen and Hook or Hook Housen at uh, uh, Double or Nothing buy-in. Mark Sterling was like, I'm not a wrestler. I don't even have gear. This is not going to happen. Tony Nese says, I'm the premier athlete. I Look, I just beat uh, Dan Housen in 20 seconds. I can beat these guys two on one. So uh, that's what's you know that's what I'm gonna do, and it was okay. But uh, basically, Mark Sterling got in trouble for keep getting involved in matches. And part of his punishment was to have to wrestle in this tag match. Then we got Ruby Soho and Rio. I think if I said there was a match from this show that you should seek out, I'd say this one. It was a very physical, fast-paced match. Uh, the thing is, Rio, like, you, you get to the ending, and Rio uh, just wouldn't quit. R- R- Ruby Soho just kept hitting her and kept hitting her, and she just wouldn't stay down. Finally, uh, Ruby hit the Sister Abigail. I don't know what they're calling it, but it's the Sister Abigail, and that finally kept Rio down for a three. I think an upset Ruby Soho being, beating Rio, because, you know, Rio's former world champion, very much a pushed competitor in AEW, so I call that an upset. We then get a gun club and acclaim segment where uh, Billy Gunn is like, I have some history with factions, so we need to come up with uh, a hand sign. And uh, Austin's like, you know what? We came up with this thing. What we're going to do is take our two hands and then we're going to point down. He's like, nope, nope, nope. That will never get over. That's a horrible idea. And uh, uh, then... uh, uh, then Max and um, Max and Bowens did the f- scissor thing, the scissor thing, and he's like, "That's perfect." And he's like, "Now we need a catchphrase." And they say, "We." Uh, Austin's like, "Oops, we came up with a catchphrase on our own, no help from anywhere." What we're gonna say is, "You got two words," and he's like, "No, no, no, that's so dumb. They'll never get over." And then uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Max said, "Hey, yo." Yo, listen. And he's like, oh, yeah, that works. So I feel like that's going to be a part of this gimmick that everything the gun club says is going to be stuff that their dad used to do. And everything Max and Bowen says is going to be like super brilliant because that just seems like that was going. It's a really funny segment, way funnier than I'm explaining it. I will say that. But just natural charisma and that kind of things because Billy Gunn was like really into it. Like, then Jade and the baddies came out for an uh, interview, quote-unquote interview. Uh, they're told uh, Hikaru Shida uh, got injured in the match uh, with uh, got injured in the match, the uh, Philly street fight, and she uh, won't be able to be in the tournament. And then they announced the replacement, and they said it was somebody Red Velvet was going to be very uh, familiar with, and it ended up being her friend more than a woman herself, Chris Statlander. Hikaru Shida came out and said today, a little controversy, or yesterday, uh, well, I already had, this was six hours ago, uh, well, I already had, first she put question what on the uh, her being replaced, and she said, I already had four matches after the street fight, and I just finished the greatest fighting musical show, but I seem to have been injured. Japanese wrestling is nothing for them. I'm so sorry, and I'm sorry I couldn't be in the tournament, too. Uh, so that's uncomfortable. Hikaru <laughs> does not seem to be injured, but she was written off for injury. Yeah, I, I want to know if this is a part of the storyline going forward or if this is an actual beef. 
So, or maybe an actual beef that can be used to go toward goes toward the storyline. I believe I believe the reason as to why was some um, Justin Henry of Cultaholic told me that I, he believes that it was because of uh, prior Japanese uh, commitments that she yeah. had, and she says, I'm and that was why she was written off. So again, um, like what? All right, now go ahead and say what you. No, I was just saying that's that's what that's the story that I've heard at least right now. Then an hour later, she said, "A glad from my heart that Chris is in the tournament. Now I'm gonna try to enjoy sudden holidays in Japan because it has been a while before I had be positive. So she's just gonna enjoy her time off. So we got Chris Statlander versus Red Velvet in the on now. So that was just a little bit of controversy. This stuff's going to come up in the nature of professional wrestling. Then we had Scorpio Sky versus Kazarian. Uh, it looked like they were going to have a uh, Scorpio told uh, you know, Dan Lambert and Ethan Page to stay in the back. It looks like Scorpio's going on a face run. So they shake hands before the match. They have a really, it was like a really good wrestling match. Face versus face wrestling match. At the end of the match, though. Kazarian's just a little bit better than Scorpio, and he gets him in a crossface, and he's about to put him down on a crossface. He has it locked, and nobody has gotten out of the crossface. Uh, at this point, Dan Lambert runs down to the ring, distracts the referee. Ethan Page comes in, hits Kazarian with the belt. Uh, uh, there is Scorpio Scott falls on Kazarian because he didn't see what happened. And then right after, they get up, Scorpio catches... Uh, Scorpio catches uh, Kazarian with the TKO and ends the match. Then, after the match, he's celebrating. He's trying to pick up Kazarian to shake his hand, let him know they had a good match. And Kazarian's like, oh, my God, the dude hit me with a belt. That guy came out there. Scorpio's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he he looks at uh, Ethan Page. Did you do it? Ethan Page says, yes, I did it. You got to pick a side. Are you with us? Or are you with him? Scorpio grabs the belt out of his hand. Looks like he's about to get into it with Ethan Page. Boom! Right upside the head of Frankie Kazarian. And then they beat up Frankie Kazarian. Uh, Sammy and Ty, who were in the crowd, came in with a chair to clear the ring. As Sammy was right, you should never trust Scorpio Sky. And Scorpio Sky's re-heel turn is complete. What do you think, sir? You said you saw that part. Yes, I did see that closing part, and this just strikes me as confusing. I, I like the fact that they were leaning on, like, Scorpio kind of looking like he might be separating himself from Ethan Page and Dan Lambert. Because, again, like I said, at the end of the day, those two are heels. Like, all-out heels, like, that's just what they are. And to have, like, the little bit of, like, the fact that – I also like the fact that uh, uh, he uh, – Frankie Kazarian lost by shenanigans, which I appreciate because I think Frankie is so good. And um, they should – he's a guy that they could use consistently if they wanted to. And they, they probably should because he's really good. Like I said, first ever AEW Tag Team Champions for a reason. Um, but the double t- – that it seemed like they were trying to do with like Scorpio realigning himself with Dan Lambert and Ethan Page beating up Frankie and then Sammy and Ty have to come in for the save you do know people hate these two right like we're, we, we were having Sammy go along with him being a dickhead like we were going along with it and like Frankie was going after uh, 
going after Sammy for the right reasons too. Like again, like that like we were we were seemingly on the same page. But this decision just strikes me as weird. Now, of course, like I said, like I'm willing to see what happens out of this. I'm not going to go out here and be like this is like they're being stupid or this is jumping the gun. Like why are you doing this? You're being brain dead. You're not listening to the fans. It's like this could easily turn into something else and just be very interesting and different. Like I said, it just struck me as odd and not the right choice just from the from the beginning part of it at least right now uh if if this means that frankie gets more tv time i'm cool with it because i love frankie i think he's great um but it just seems like a also i will say too sammy guevara right now um since he's not in the inner circle at this point in time and it seems like a really harsh thing to say and i don't really like saying it but like sammy guevara is like nothing on AEW without that tnt championship or being tied with it like that's all he has at this point um but again like i said i want to see what comes out of this because it just again it struck me as a really weird way to close out the show so that's that's my thoughts on it. So I'll go to Floyd on it then. Uh, I think they were just trying to redefine that Dan Lambert, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky were heels, and they're all the way heels. That's what they were trying to get. I think it was getting confusing. People were like, "Well, it's Scorpio face and their heels," and no, they wanted to make that clear that they're heels. And Kazarian's a face, and Sammy and Ty are in between. You boo them or you cheer them. They are literally in the Cody and Brandy area. That's what they are. I don't think they're as over on that level as Cody and Brandy, but that's how they're being positioned. So that's where it is. I mean, they 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 have a plan for this, and whether we end up liking it or hating it, they're going to go through with the plan. And I do love that with storylines in AEW. They're going to continue with the plan. They literally just recast They recast uh, Cody and uh, Brandy. That's that, that's pretty much what they did, yeah, because they were doing the whole thing with Cody being a babyface and then uh, Sammy, I mean, uh, Brandy being the heel. Yeah, so they just kind of recasted it right now. So we're going to see where it goes from here. And it is what it is. Um, I don't know. It's like one of those things. I like Scorpio Sky. I want him to have a nice long title run. I do too. I also like the TNT title, and I want that to be treated on the level that it's supposed to be treated. So, if, even if he's a heel, if you know if he holds it for a while, you know before losing it, I'm down with that. Yeah. Again, I, I'm I'm interested to see again. Like I said, it just seemed like a really odd way to close out the show because. Um, yeah. Well, it yeah, just like, I'm like I, again, like I said, I haven't, I haven't seen the rest of the show, so I don't know how everything else felt like from my per- point of view, like how the rest of the show felt. But just like just in general, kind of weird. Not the, sure how I felt about it. The roles were kind of clunky. They wanted to clarify what the roles were. I think that's all that it, what it was about. Everybody was confused on who was on what side. Should we be booing Scorpio Sky? Should we be cheering Scorpio Sky? They made it clear at the end who you should be booing and cheering, even though you get to make up your own mind. Right. And I like well, to say it, whether you liked it or not, but I understand, like for me, from a storytelling basis, I can understand, I can feel that's what they were doing. I might be completely off base and wrong, which I always leave open for, but it looks like, to me, through my eyes, that's what it looked like they were doing, trying to, you know, really define the roles of each wrestler 
All right. Well, that was AEW Rampage. And the one last thing I'll comment on before we do our preview is that after the show in Long Island went off the air, uh, MJF came back out to send the crowd home happy, the Long Island crowd home happy. And uh, Punk comes out, continues to run down the Islanders. And uh, MJF was like, I could kick your ass right now if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. In fact, another Long Island boy is going to be the one that kicks your ass. And that's when Hook makes his way down to the ring. Punk is not wanting to deal with this. He rolls out and Hook gets in the ring. He's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. This town could kiss my ass. Dan Housen comes out and he's starting to curse CM Punk. And he's like, what the fuck is going on, man? And he rolls his way back into the ring. He's all furious about uh, Dan Housen. And then he bumps his back into Hook and he's just like, fuck and then he's feeling behind him and all of a sudden he's just like oh shit and he turns around he's like please god don't do it please and shake my hand it's like we're cool hook shakes his hand he's like yeah fuck you me and hook are cool blah blah tries to turn around hook holds the grip and he's like fuck he gets thrown up and thrown behind in a nice suplex and then gets put in the red rum and he's choked out and then that's how they uh sent the fans home happy and in a tr- in a nice little callback for cm punk fans uh, remember that steel cage match that uh, uh, CM Punk had a while ago on a SmackDown where he stayed knocked out in the ring until everybody left? He did it again. He was passed out, knocked out in the middle of the ring and stayed that way, getting stretchered out at one point uh, until everybody in that arena, in the UBS arena, was gone. I love that he did that again because that was so fucking funny when he did that and those, that picture was going around the internet. Love that as a CM Punk fan, that nice little callback. And I'm glad that Hook was the one that was the one that did that to him. And also to the people that are like, Punk is being buried. It's like, bro, this was off TV. Shut up. Like, shut up. It's like, this was a cool thing to send the fans home happy. And like, to say that this ruined Punk, like, you're just trying to get a rise out of people. Knock it off. But this was an awesome way to send the fans home happy. I wish I was in attendance for that moment, honestly. I'm going to have a weird take on this. I really wish fans would stop posting this. I really do. All right, fair, fair. I really wish fans would just enjoy this segment. It's for you. It's for the people in attendance. Maybe record it and watch it later, but stop posting it. This was for you. You know what I mean? If AEW wants to use it later, fine. But you're in the crowd. Just enjoy it. I know. I'm, I sound like an old man right now. Just enjoy the moment. But, yeah, it just seems like posting these just cause more noise than is even necessary. Because it's what everybody's been doing for years. You know what I mean? You send their crowd home happy. This is not like a WWE thing. This is a wrestling thing. You send the crowd yes. home happy. So it's just like, hey. Just enjoy it. Sit there, be in the moment. Hey, record it. Just don't post it. <laughs> I get again. Yeah, I I, I think it's a good, it's just because we know that wrestling Twitter is going to have an overreaction to anything like this, like stuff like this that would get posted from house shows or whatever like this. Normally, like I said, it's a cool thing to see. But again, there are people that just take this shit a bit too seriously. Yeah, and they just freak the fuck out. It's just it's just something that's fun for the fans, and I just hate yeah, that people yeah. crap on it. So, you know, like, I know, just don't, don't post it. Just enjoy it, you know? Just be in that moment. 
I know it's weird. I it's like I love. I understand. Aaron, I understand like, that that <laughs> belief. Yeah. Like I go to the Chappelle show and you you have to turn off your cell phones if they see your cell phones on or whatever they just kick you out right and it's just well no well now well now also too like comedians um I'm actually going to see when we go to Vegas actually on um, when we get there we're going to see Silk Sonic uh-huh. uh, aka uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack for those who are unfamiliar um, and uh, they actually have a a straight up no phone policy. They have these like tech, tech, uh, these weird technological bags or whatever the fuck that they they give you. You have to put your phone in this bag, and the they, the bags lock pretty much for the entire show unless you have a straight up emergency that you need to do, and they'll ask you to leave the venue to take whatever you need to do with your phone for the emergency. But um, you cannot use your phone. Like it is like they make it so it is physically impossible for you to use your phone. You put them in these bags that will not open. Um, once you put them in there, um, of course, like, again, you could, you could sneak your phone out if you wanted to, but if they catch it they're you're getting kicked out. So like uh, comedians are doing those, um, and now music is doing it. So yeah, I mean, like I, I get it, dude. I get it. Yeah. But that is our AW review of Dynamite and Rampage from this week. And we will go through real quick the preview for next week's Dynamite on the 18th. We're going to see Wardlow get his 10 lashes moment. We'll see how it stacks up with the Cody uh, moment that we had years ago. We're going to have a face-to-face of Chris Jericho and Regal. That is going to be fun to watch. Uh, We're going to have Phoenix versus O'Reilly, Jeff Hardy versus Adam Cole, Samoa Joe versus the Joker, Dr. Britt Baker versus the Joker, and Hangman Adam Page versus uh, Konosuke Takashida with CM Punk on commentary. And I am looking at this match, this this dynamite, and it looks like it'll be a pretty pretty it damn is good dynamite. Loaded, and this is one of the few. Yeah, times it looks like a never, pretty good dynamite. We never have a whole show to talk about on Fridays when we do it. That's a whole show. That's, that's it is. It. I don't. I mean, do you see them adding another segment to that? I don't <laughs> know. No. Honestly, yeah, that's a lot. They got a lot packed in. So I think that's the full show. We might get one more match or something or a segment because uh, I imagine they got to deal with the Ricky Starks and Swerve Strickland in a tag team title situation. I'm looking forward to that. But I am really looking forward to that show. That's going to be amazing. We it is literally the last dynamo. <clears throat> might before we're in las vegas so that's going to be fun and it's going to be amazing i'm looking forward to it going first and i'm looking forward to being in the building because i was in the building me and austin were in the building the night cm punk returned we are going to be we are going to complete it we're going to complete the punk tour by being in there the night in las vegas where cm punk wins and vanquishes the hangman it's gonna be great you can't deny it at this point you can't deny it and if and you do still feel the need to deny it yeah yeah cm punk's gonna wear you're pink wrong. and black and then ftr is gonna wear pink and black and they're gonna come out and all hug and it's gonna be great yeah it's gonna be a night and, and we're gonna have bret hart gonna we're gonna have bret hart present the title to, to cm, CM punk. punk there you go masturbatory yeah. bret that bret hart debuted the AEW world title at double or nothing when AEW back debuted in 2019 and now he's going to be back to give CM Punk the title when he beats that cowboy coward piece of shit. And then he's going to be the, amazing. He's going to make the masturbation motion at hangman. Boom. Like whatever. Yeah. I hate that. Guy. 
But I think I think that's going to fully do it, though, uh, uh, for this episode of All Things Elite. Of course, the only real head- other head- headline that we have is that this will be the three-year anniversary of Double or Nothing taking place in Vegas once again instead of being at the Daily's place where it was last year. But I am uh, – I, I think that will wrap it up, though, don't you think, Floyd? That is it. I mean, that's, that's it for the show. Um yeah, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you're following the at AT Elite a pod Twitter account. I am just I am really yep. gonna try to be more active on it. I am I'm, I'm gonna do my best. Especially since he's getting responses and retweets <laughs> like motherfucker. Yes. Like Jesus yes. Christ, man, you're getting so many tweets. Yes, and our boy, a friend of the show, Mr. Sam B put out a tweet that Tony Khan himself replied to. This week, so that was kind of crazy. His tweet it was like he loved how AEW used the jobber entrance to throw off people in Dan Housing versus Tony Nice. Uh, Tony Khan replied and he said, "I'm something of a scientist myself." Replied directly to Mr. Sandy, <laughs> whose tweet, as you can imagine, blowed up, a blued, blowed all the way up. And if make sure you're following at. Sir underscore Samuel on Twitter. I love this man. Uh, the AEW Match Guide is like my favorite show. Like one of the shows that one of my weekly listens to because it just takes you through the history of AEW. I was actually a guest host on one for Young Bucks versus FTR. If you want to go ahead and find that episode, but yeah, I just really wanted to give a shout out to our boy Sir Sam. And again, as we get close to Forbidden Door. Make sure you're listening to uh, Keeping It Strong Style on the show for Suplex so Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh Smith can get you ready for the Forbidden Door. Uh, me and Austin going to be in attendance. I believe the young boy's trying to make it happen. I believe there's going to be a crossover show. I believe we'll be able to give more uh, details on that. I am just looking forward to everything that we have available for the next two months. I'm going to be at AEW. The last of this, I have this crazy tour of shows, and the last one is visiting my boy Austin and his sister Sydney in Detroit. Detroit, Because I said I would be at AEW since first show in Detroit. So I am looking forward to it. But I have to go. Thank y'all for listening. I will leave you as I always leave you. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 